Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Louise Marburg, author of the new short story collection, You Have Reached Your Destination. Marburg is the author of two previous collections of stories, The Truth About Me and No Diving Allowed. Her work has appeared in such journals as Narrative, Plowshares, Story, The Hudson Review, and many others. Aaron McGraw, author of Joy and 52 Other Very Short Stories, said of the collection, The spare, elegant stories in Louise Marburg's new book feature characters struggling to define themselves in a world that keeps confounding and contradicting them. Long-cherished ideas are examined and sometimes shattered, and lives are reshaped before our eyes. In Marburg's world, relationships are always subject to radical change, and her character's destinations are unexpected, remarkable, and beautifully memorable. Louise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, your new short story collection is titled, You Have Reached Your Destination. Do you have a favorite story in the collection? I do. It's um, the last story. It's called Next of Kin. It's kind of, it's, it's a funny story. I like humor in my stories. Every story has a little bit of humor and a little bit of pathos. Um, and that's my favorite story. It's uh, not the title story, which I also love, but um, it is a fun story to read. When did you originally start writing? And do you remember the experience of getting your first short story accepted for publication? And can you tell us about that? I do. It was a long, long time ago. And I was in graduate school, and this was when Redbook took stories. In fact, I don't even know if Redbook is still being published, but <laughs> um, I was in my first year of graduate school for an MFA in creative writing. And um, Redbook called me up and took, this is when people called people up too, um, <laughs> and took the story um, that I had sent them. And I was just over the moon, you can imagine. Hmm. Um, it was shocking and exciting, and they also paid way more than anyone pays now. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> so that was fun. But then, um, you know, a long time passed before I, I had another story accepted, and that story was in my first collection, The Truth About Me. And so can you tell us about your MFA program? Where did you go, and what was that experience like for you? Sure. I went to Columbia University, the School of the Arts there. Um it was great because it was it was a place where you had in common, you know, writing with everyone. And that's what we were all obsessed with. And there was no sort of, uh, oh, who are you? What are you doing? I don't understand you. We all understood each other. And mm -hmm. I was I was very impressed with everybody's bravery because this is not easy to it's it's, a, a, you know, an ex, you make yourself vulnerable at graduate school because everybody's looking at your work and they have to have something to say about it in workshop. Uh, you get together 15 people and you they all read your story. And then, you know, depending on how good your story is, they either love it or you know think it's OK or hate it or whatever. But it's it's not easy to hear what people have to say about your writing when you're you begin, you know, as a writer, when you're a beginner writer. So but I enjoyed it a lot. It was fun. Have you stayed in touch with any of the people in your MFA program? You know, interestingly, I haven't. And a lot of them did not go on to be writers anymore. Sure. Um, but I, what I have done is I've gone to conferences such as the Swanee Writers Conference and the Kenyan Writers Conference. And those people I've kept in close contact with. 
And it, I don't know why not Columbia, but these conferences, mm-hmm. I think it's because the conferences are sort of after college, after graduate sure. school, and we're all, you know, uh, much more experienced. And um, so I do a lot of you know, trading of stories with with friends from those conferences, and we all just help each other. It's terrific. That's great. Yeah. When you sit down to write a short story, do you have an idea of the story already in your mind, or do you start with a sentence or an image, or does it vary depending on the story that you're working on? It really does vary. I, I often start with a character, but I've also started with um, you know, a character in mind. I have also started with just a random prompt from a friend. Um, I've started with an image a snippet of something I've heard someone say that's got me thinking. But I never do know what's going to happen in a story. And that, for me, is the the really great part, because there are a lot of surprises. Do you ever sit down to a blank page, or now I guess it would be a blank screen, and, mm-hmm. and literally not know what you're going to write? Sure. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> do. And then I just write something and hope that it you know moves me forward, you know, one sentence at a time. And and honestly, I have um, not so much anymore, but uh, certainly with my first collection, I've dumped a lot of stories just thinking, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, once I've written 14 pages or something and they don't go, oh, my God, this is a terrible story, um, which is good, right? you know, I think, and that I, I know what a bad story is, uh, bad that I, I write them. Well, I know that this is now your third collection. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Have, have you written at longer length or do you um, kind of keep coming back to the short story? Well, I I was not writing longer length. And, and recently I finished a novel, which I started as a story and then just continued. And voila, I, I often say <laughs> I, I wrote it behind my back. Because I, I've said all along, I love stories, but, and I always said I would never, I would not write a novel because I love stories so much. And, and, you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're not really, they don't get a lot of attention stories, but that was okay with me. But then I wrote a novel. So my, my, you know, I would say work in progress, except I just finished it, um, is a novel. So we'll see what happens after that. I don't foresee, I don't have an idea for another novel, whereas I can sit down and, just write a story, you know, write a story with absolutely nothing, you know, no real plot in mind. And I don't really know if that's, if that's how you write a novel. I think there's, <laughs> there's more management involved. <laughs> well, um, that's interesting. Did you, did you just find that it kept going and you yeah. kept? <laughs> well, it, it, what happened was this is, is uh, written in completely in the point of view of a main character, her voice, and uh, it, she just she's absolutely reprehensible and hilarious. It's a comic novel, and um, so you know it was just really natural for me to continue in this woman's voice, who I just loved, and even though she's you know she's an alcoholic, she's. Um, profane. She's not particularly honest. I mean, she's just every, every, she's wacky kind of, uh, you know, you don't really dislike her for these bad qualities. But um, so I just continued on and I had a great time. It wasn't, it's not easy to write humor because, you know, you're not necessarily in a humorous mood. 
but and also maintaining the tone of uh, this character was challenging throughout, you know, 200 pages. But um, it was fun, I have to say, all in all. I enjoyed That's it. That's great. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier that sometimes you'll write 14 pages, I think is the, the number you said, and then you, you'll realize that it's a bad story and, mm-hmm. and you'll um, not finish it. Um, do you ever have um, stories that you maybe write a scene and then leave it and come back to it you know, even like months later and continue it? You know, I, lo- I know a lot of people do that, but I never do. I'm just mm-hmm. absolutely obsessed with what I'm writing at the time. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I just, uh, I'm not a put back, you know, put in the drawer person and come back to it. I'm sure. just not that way. Well, are there, um, are there short story writers that uh, when you first started writing that, that you read and admired? Are there short story writers now that you're, that you're reading and enjoying? Well, now I really, um, you know, my, my hero is Deborah Eisenberg, who is, is, writes only short stories. And I always admire that, the, the writers who, you know, give themselves over to a form that is really not widely recognized as, as commercial or something that, you know, will sell well. And so they don't, I mean, Deborah Eisenberg certainly has, a, you know, several books out because she's, a, you know, amazing. But, um, you know, you don't get a lot of attention. It's not a novel. It's not a big deal novel. You're never going to be on the bestseller list. So I, I kind of uh, admire that uh, devotion to the form. But um, and when I first started out, I was in love with Alice Monroe. And I think that's I have in common that in common <laughs> with a lot of people, a lot of writers. She was my hero. And um, I, I, in graduate school, I, you know, you try to write like other people, certainly. And mm-hmm. I tried to write like Alison Rowe. Big mistake. Uh, which, uh, you know, you can write like anybody else, but definitely not like Alison Rowe, who writes very long, involved stories. So, and they're beautiful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own short stories? Um, advice, first of all, you know, I, I, if, if the person hasn't read a lot of short stories, read them. Read, read, read. Read all the short stories just to see how they're constructed because short stories have a particular kind of construction. It's like a puzzle and every, every piece needs to fit in perfectly. You, you have to be very careful not to include um, details that aren't germane. You know, it's just you've got only a, a limited amount of space. Uh, and I would also um, say to short story writers, this is a weird thing to say, but think hard. It's not necessarily that you have to be at your desk all the time doing it, but you have to really pay attention. And I often find that when I read st- short stories that uh, I I see that the author has not paid attention to um, to what they're writing, and it sort of falls apart. So I would have that advice as well. I know that's kind of, you know, not exactly specific, but I, I find mm-hmm. that 
you know, really being intelligent or trying to be intelligent about your writing instead of just, you know, putting it down. Sure. Yeah. Well, are you working on new short stories now? No, I'm not. I, I literally just finished the novel, so I haven't <laughs> written anything. And I'm uh, since I've had two books come out in a, in almost you know a little over a year, uh, I'm taking a little breather. Um, and now I'm about to publicize You've Reached Your Destination. So I'm going to, you know, go to various bookstores and do events. And um, But I'm getting itchy, so I probably will be writing a short story very soon. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, no what novels or short story collections have you read recently that you enjoyed? I'm trying to think what, you know, it, it's interesting because the book that I'm, I'm telling everybody to read right now is not a novel or a collection. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, you know, just because I think it's such an important book, I will mention it. It's called Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And it's a history of racism in this country. And it is just jaw-dropping. And so if anyone's listening to me, uh, definitely read that. And uh it's you'll just be amazed. So that's really the book that right now that I'm obsessed with. Uh, as far as short stories go, I've been reading a lot of journals. So my favorite journal is Story Magazine. And uh, if you want to read really top-notch stories, that is the journal to, to subscribe to or to buy. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your stories and story collections? Um, LouiseMarburg.com. That's my website. Uh, if you Google me, there's certain, you know, uh, I think stories that you can read online and um, various things about hmm, prizes I've won, that kind of thing. Um, that's not that aren't on my website. There's no content to read on my website uh, other than see, you can see where I've been published. Um, and you can, of course, buy the book on my website if you just, you know, uh, click the, the button you know, by now, whatever right. it says, can't remember, <laughs> but that's where you can find me. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Louise Marburg, author of the new short story collection, You Have Reached Your Destination. The collection is available now, so go buy a copy. And Louise, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. Outrageous. On Monday morning, in her office at the magazine, Lydia found a note on her desk. Bitch, I'm going to fuck you up the ass, it read. The handwriting was scraggly and uncertain looking, as if whoever wrote it had used the wrong hand. The paper was the kind that was used for copies, and the ink was blue from a ballpoint pen. Because correcting errors in punctuation and grammar was what Lydia did every day, she was distracted by the lack of a comma after bitch. She took the note to the managing editor. Harrison, look what I found on my desk. She affected a casual attitude because she wanted to see his surprise. His shoulders twitched as he began to read, his wisecracker face going slack. You found this on your desk, he said. Yup. She crossed her arms up her chest. She knew what he was thinking. No man in his right mind would want to fuck a woman her age any which way, regardless of his intent. Barely qualified 30-year-old men seemed to be running the world these days, while women like her with decades of experience toiled to make them look good. The magazine was about sports, and all the writers were men. Like children, they wear blue jeans and the caps of their favorite teams and great glumping sneakers on their feet. Lydia wore a skirt or dressy slacks every day, 
And if she went out to lunch, it was usually with the editor-in-chief's assistant, Ramona, a woman about her own age. Keep this to yourself until I find out who wrote it, Harrison said. Okay, Lydia said, but how do you plan to do that? Don't you worry, he said. Lydia shrugged and tucked the note into her blazer pocket. Feathers would probably be ruffled, and she would be treated with kid gloves for a while. But nothing else would come of it, and she honestly didn't care. The threat was an empty one. Of that, she was sure. At 1.30, her phone rang. Hungry, Ramona said. I'm dying for spicy tuna. Give me five minutes, Lydia said. She resealed the Tupperware container of salad she'd brought from home, put on her coat, and took the elevator down 30 floors. Ramona was waiting at the lobby security counter, flirting with the guards. She was very thin and bottle blonde, her hair as long and wild as a hippie's. She wore four-inch heels and a low-cut top that showcased the rigid domes of her breasts. Lydia had a figure like an appliance box and had never done anything to her brownish-gray hair beyond having it shampooed and cut. Lid, Ramona hooted as if she hadn't seen Lydia in ages. We're going for sushi, she told the guards. Lydia ignored the guards, and they ignored her. She and Ramona walked down 6th Avenue to Takamichi's. I went on another date with Mr. Tartan, Ramona said, after they were seated and served. Mr. Tartan was a man she had met on eHarmony who wore a tartan tie in his profile picture. She rarely referred to her dates by their given names when discussing them with Lydia. I thought you'd settled on the dentist, Lydia said. She maneuvered a slab of raw salmon onto her plate with her chopsticks. It was beautiful and disgusting at once. Sushi was good until you really thought about it. Didn't I tell you, Ramona said, the dentist is hopeless in bed. She crammed a tuna roll into her mouth. Lord, Lydia said, I've heard enough. Oh, don't be such a prude, Ramona said. What's new with you? Lydia hated being asked what was new with her because usually nothing was. It went without saying that Ramona's life is more interesting than hers. Well, I do have news, but it's a secret. She took the note from a pocket inside her purse. I found this on my desk this morning. Ramona took the note. No way, you did not, she said as once she'd read it. I certainly did, Lydia said. Why was she affronted? She would have said the same thing in Ramona's place. Ramona slid the note back across the table. You wrote this, didn't you? What? Why would I write that, Lydia said, for what earthly reasons? Because you're jealous that I have sex and you don't. You want me to think you have a stalker. Lydia sat back. It would never occur to me to do something like that. It doesn't even make sense. Not everything is about you, by the way. What do you mean by that, Ramona said. We talk about your life all the time. There's nothing I haven't heard about your son. You go on about him nonstop. Lydia paused for a moment before saying, at least I have a child to talk about. Ramona stared. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you think I'd write something like this. Why, is it a secret, Ramona said? It's a secret because I brought it to Harrison as soon as I found it, and he told me not to talk about it to anyone until he finds out who wrote it. You took it to Harrison? Of course I did, Lydia said. I thought he should know that someone in the office was writing lewd notes. Harrison is humoring you, Lydia. Don't be an idiot. He wasn't, Lydia said. The guys make fun of you, you know, Ramona said. She blinked her eyes rapidly several times the way Lydia did when she was nervous. They imitate your tick behind your back. I've told them to knock it off, but they think it's funny. Helplessly, Lydia blinked. She'd had the tick for as long as she could remember. I don't believe you. You're making that up. No, you're making that up, Ramona said, pointing at the note. Lydia focused on Ramona's glistening lips, clownishly plump with some sort of filler and painted a dusky maroon. She must have been gossiped about amongst the staff, 
a woman pushing 60 trying to look 30 years younger. But Lydia had never heard anything derogatory about her. She cast around for an insult. Everyone says you look like a trollop. Ramona laughed loudly. Oh, Lydia, how ridiculous. A trollop? Nobody but you would use that word. She rummaged in her bag and took out her wallet. This is for my half, she said, dropping a $20 bill on the table. She stood and walked away. Lydia calmly continued eating. People wouldn't think anything about Ramona leaving. She might have had an appointment she had to rush off to, or was late for a meeting at work. Lydia and Ramona had never had a falling out before. They worked in the same office, but not with each other, so there was nothing to fall out about. Lydia looked around at the other customers and saw four writers from the magazine sitting on a nearby table. She caught their attention and smiled. They smiled back at her, waving hello. Any one of them could have written the note. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.